excited to be before you today. I really believe that God has a word in the house today, and we're just going to jump right in because I believe by the end of the service that this altar is going to be filled with people who are going to be uh, healed in their hearts. Amen. God has a, a word of healing. Um, it's a word for you individually, and it's also a word for the body. And so we're just going to pray. Lord God, we just thank you, Jesus, that you stand forever. Lord God, that you are king and you are God. You are, Lord God, on the throne. Lord God, you, you, uh, you're, you sit high, but you look low, God. I mean, you see us where we are, and you're coming today, Lord Jesus, to call us out and bring us in, Lord God, into the next level of authority and power, Lord God, in our lives. And we thank you, God. Jesus for your healing. God, we thank you for your restoration, Lord God, and we bless you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. So, amen. In this month of um, August, we have stepped into a new uh, series here at the church, and it's the Revealed series. And um, it began with Pastor Eric Butler coming and really just bringing an awesome kingdom word about us moving from level one. I think in several conversations I've had just offline, I hear that language now being used even amongst people in the church that, man, we got to get off of level one thinking. Uh, we got to get and praise, press past level two into kingdom perspective. We believe the word of the Lord that God has uh, called us into a new territory and that he is positioning us to uh, possess the land that he has for us. Amen. And I really believe today God wants to come and do some heart work within the people of God. Because for us to really step out and possess the land that he has for us, we have to make sure that we are in the right place, both spiritually but also emotionally. Amen. We cannot uh, move forward into the things of God with um, a wrong perspective and what also hurt in our hearts. And oftentimes to do the heart work, it's hard work. You know, it's easier to stay at the surface level. And that's religion. Religion is surface. Right? Religion is causing us to do ritual and to be stuck in like a, a rat race and just do things but not actually stop and say la and, and look at the heart. And clearly in the word it says God doesn't look at the outside. He doesn't look at what you're doing. He doesn't look like what you're, what you're moving and how fast you're going. But he wants to see, are you okay? Right? Is, is your heart uh, in a place of healing? Are you moving in a place where you've allowed the Holy Spirit to apprehend your heart and bring healing and restoration? And so I believe that um, that's what we're talking about today. The theme verse for the series of Revealed is John 27, and it says, My sheep know my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So what we're talking about is us being able to identify and know the voice of the Lord. And so it is so important in this day and hour, in this time in history where you are right now, that you're able to identify the word of the Lord, that you're able to hear, not just from the outside, but from the inside, that you're able to understand the unction of the Holy Spirit. And so because we have to be able to uh, be moved by the Spirit, we have to be able to hear what God says and then respond quickly. There is a people that will know God's voice. 
And so when you read the word, I feel like it wasn't such a struggle at times for the people of God to hear the voice of the Lord. Like as children of God, we should be able to identify his voice, right? It's not something that's like uh, hard to do if we position ourselves. So the question is, why is it that sometimes it is hard to hear the voice of the Lord. And I believe today God wants to come and remove a blockage. That he wants to speak to a root cause today. It's a root issue that will prevent people and prevent you, prevent the body from hearing the word of the Lord. And really, if we think about it, it's a stronghold. And when I, talk, when I mean stronghold, I'm not talking about, you know, some demonic influence, although it's, it could be connected to that. But a stronghold simply means it's a thought process. It's a city of thought that you've built up in your mind. It's a belief pattern that you have come to operate in that is off, right? It doesn't align with the word of the Lord. So it's a stronghold in your life. But God is saying, I'm coming to uproot and tear down strongholds in Jesus' name. Yay. And I want to say, um, I was praying about today, and I, and I heard the Spirit of the Lord, and I say this often, whenever I have to get up and share, I simply say out loud, God, what do you want to say to your people? Like, I just say that out loud. And, and the Lord often speaks, bless the name of the Lord. And what I heard God say, I said, God, what do you want me to say? He said, tell my people I'm coming for them. He said, I want you to tell my people that I am coming for them. And so I want you to know God is coming for you. Go ahead and touch somebody and say, God is coming for you. He's coming for you. He's coming for you. And what I heard the Lord say is God wants to minister to those who have been hurt, who have been abandoned, and who have been rejected by people in authority in your life. God wants to come and speak to those who have been abused, who have been neglected by people who have been placed in a position of authority in your life. And I believe it is so important that God deals with this issue of our relation to authority because we cannot uh, accurately submit ourselves to God if there is a broken issue in our life with authority. At the last cleansing streams meeting, Pastor Mike, he said something that was revolutionary to me. He said, oftentimes, we think that our relationship with God affects our relationship with people. But he actually said, I want you to consider that your relationship with people affects your relationship to God. So what that says is that if you have a broken relationship with someone in your life, particularly with someone who was in a place of authority, then your view of God is skewed. If it's an issue of hurt, if it's an issue of abandonment, if it's, if it's an issue of just anger, that you see God a different way that he is not to be seen in. And so today God wants to come and uproot that issue in Jesus' name. Amen? Say, God is coming for you. He's coming for you. So I want to uh, pick up this, this scripture in Genesis 16. And so if I had to name this sermon, it would be called the Hagar story. And this is a story, um, if you know or if you've grown up um, in Christianity, 
Um, you may have heard the Hagar story before, but what's interesting about Hagar is that her name doesn't carry a feeling of like receptivity, that her name, when she's talked about in relation to Abraham, that people despise her. They don't like her. You know what I'm saying? They're like, that's Hagar. Like, you know, Abraham messed up with her. She's like the throwaway. And her son, Ishmael, is not the promised son, so he's like the throwaway son. And so, but God wanted me to read this scripture again, and he challenged me. He said, I want you to read this scripture with the eyes of the oppressed. He said, I want you to put on a different lens. I want you to read this scripture, and I want you to remove all the types of shadows. I want you to remove what you think you know about me and who you think you are and how we are related to Abraham. But I want you to look at this story with human eyes. I want you to see Abraham for Abraham, or at the time he was Abram. I want you to see Sarai for Sarai, and I want you to see Hagar just as a woman. And I want you to begin to read this scripture. And so we're going to pick it up here, and I want you to follow along. It's Genesis 16, verses 1 through 16. Now it reads, Now Sarai, Abraham, Abram's wife, had not been able to bear children for him. But she had an Egyptian servant named Hagar. So Sarai said to Abram, the Lord has prevented me from having children. Go and sleep with my servant. Perhaps I can have children through her. And Abram agreed with Sarai's proposal. Hmm, I wonder, I wonder. <laughs> so Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian servant, and gave her to Abram as a wife. This happened 10 years after Abram had settled in the land of Canaan. So Abram had sexual relations with Hagar and she became pregnant. But when Hagar knew she was pregnant, she began to treat her mistress Sarai with contempt. Then Sarai said to Abram, this is all your fault. I put my servant in your arms and now she's pregnant and treats me with contempt. The Lord will show who's wrong, you or me. Abram replied, look, she is your servant. Deal with her as you see fit. Then Sarai treated Hagar so harshly that she finally ran away. The angel of the Lord found Hagar beside a spring of water in the wilderness, or a well, along the, word, the road of Shur. The angel of the Lord said to her, Hagar, Sarai's servant, where have you come from and where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress, Sarai, she replied. The angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her authority. Then he added, I will give you more descendants than you can count. And the angel of the Lord said, you are now pregnant and I will give birth to a son. You are to, you are to name him Ishmael, which means God hears. For the Lord has heard your cry of distress. This son of yours will be a wild man, uh, untamed as a wild donkey. He will raise his fist against everyone, and everyone will be against him. Yes, he will live in open hostility against all his relatives. 
Therefore, Hagar used another name to refer to the Lord who had spoken to her. She said, you are the God who sees me. So that well was named Ber Laroi, which means well of the living one who sees me. It can still be found between Kadesh and Bered. So Hagar gave Abram a son, and Abram named him Ishmael. Abram was 86 years old when Ishmael was born. Amen? Amen. So we read in this scripture that there are, you know, there's like several players in this, in this story, right? There's Abram and Sarai, and let's break them down a little bit. They are God's chosen people. Amen. They have a legitimate call of God upon their life. They, they have a, 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 a promise of God that they are going to produce, you know, a nation that cannot be numbered, that God was going through their seed, was going to deliver the nations, right? That's Abram and Sarai. But if you look at Hagar, right, the one that we've come to despise and reject, let's just talk about her a little bit. She's just a slave girl right? She, she was probably bought or sold or we don't know how she got um, into Abram's care. She came out of Egypt and she was placed um, in, the, in the service of Sarai, her, 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 her woman person, boss, <laughs> right? And so what's interesting is Hagar, right, um, was just serving unto her master. Right? She didn't ask probably to be there. Right? She was caught and she was serving and she probably looked at Sarai as a mother type figure. Right? She was in and out of her service. And we see here that because of um, the inability for Abram, Abram and Sarai to one, wait on the Lord to two, really understand the word of the Lord over their lives, and three, the lack of spiritual maturity, that what they did, they stepped out of the will of the Lord, and they used this girl. They used her. They took her, and, and Sarai put her, just gave her to her husband, who did not push back, who had no, 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 like, oh, well, this is not the will of the Lord. Right? And he and, and they used her. And then in the instance when she became pregnant, which is what they wanted her to do, they got mad at her. Right? They got mad at her and they began to taunt her, and she kind of got an attitude too. And so they all had attitudes. And it said that Sarai treated her so bad. I mean, imagine the abuse. Imagine probably, you know what I'm saying, what she came up under as she was pregnant that she had to run. And if you look at what Hagar's name means, it actually means flight. It means the one that was running. And so what I heard the Spirit of the Lord say very specifically is that there are a Hagar-type people in the church today. It's not about a woman, it's not about a man, but it's about a people that have been misused by authority, that have been abused by authority over your life, be it a parent, be it a pastor, be it a boss, be it a politician. There are people who have a mistrust in authority because of past hurts and abuses. 
You showed up to serve. You were put in a position to do what you had to do. And because of lack of maturity, because not understanding who you were, they misused you and they abused you. But I want you to know God sees you. Woo! And there is a word of healing. I feel it by the Spirit of the Lord. Woo! In this house. As I was preparing this word, I felt weepy in my spirit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wanted to cry. I felt like my, my soul was in intercession, and I felt like Jesus was actually in intercession for this word because in order for us to truly move into the next level, we have to be healed of our issues with authority. We cannot truly submit to God if we have an issue with authority. We cannot truly become who God wants us to be if we're always running. The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. It says, I have called you to be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water. So what God is saying is that if you truly want accountability, you can't do that if you have an issue with authority. If you truly want commitment, you can't do that if you have an issue with authority. If you truly want positioning, you can't do that if you had an issue with authority. And hear what I'm saying. I'm not saying that you are to become a slave to anyone. I'm saying God wants to heal your hurt. God wants to hear your hurt. So let's pick up here what God was doing with Hagar. Oh, before I do that, let me deal with the Abrams and Sarahs. Because I also believe that there's some of them in this house too. And I believe that represents a religious person that doesn't understand the compassion of God. I believe, you know, I was in this, I was in this, um, meeting the other week and it was a it was a, a like a meeting around like faith-based people uh, moving in like community service and like social justice and so this was an interfaith group so it was people of like you know Muslim background of native indigenous beliefs and Christian all type of Christianity and it was just a very interesting conversation I personally enjoy being in those like type meetings because I just like to see like oh, okay what people are thinking and what I was able to see in that moment is that people are so hurt and they're so de-churched. It's like they're trying their best to not be hurt again by church. And what I mean by church, I mean by religion. I would say the majority of people, and they were saying it with their own mouth, and I'm in here just kind of like, if only I could just go into like the spirit of God. I just want to like minister reconciliation. Like one girl got up and she said, and we're in like, you know, an office building setting. She said, I don't want to um, talk about my church hurt because I don't want this to be like um, a therapy session. And she began to weep in front of all these people. And what I gleaned from that is that there is a brokenness that's so embedded in like the communities that we live in that people have been hurt by religion. And we have to not be that religious system. Woo! 
For centuries, the church of Jesus Christ have misrepresented Jesus, and I'm tired of it. I believe there is a people that are going to get into the word and know what the red words actually say. That they're going to understand the heart and the mind of Christ, and they're going to be ministers of reconciliation. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to get off that soapbox. Oh, God is saying he wants to transform Abram and Sarai to Abraham and Sarah. That he needs there to be a maturity, an understanding of compassion and grace. And that it is not about religion. It's not about using people. It's not about transactions. But it's about relationship. I'm going to move on. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. So God, so it says in the word in Genesis 16 that God, that, that Hagar ran. It said that she, that she ran from that place of being misused and being abused. And, it's, and it picks up in Genesis 16, 7. It says, the angel of the Lord found Hagar beside a spring of water in the wilderness along the road to Shur. And the angel said to her, Hagar, Sarai's servant, where, where have you come from and where are you going? And it's interesting because Pastor Javier pointed out to me that the Sur or Shur was the place where the bitter waters were made sweet um, in the story of Moses. So Hagar found her place, herself, in the place where God was going to turn her bitterness into sweetness, where God was going to take um, ashes and turn them to beauty. The one that was forgotten about, the one that was violated, the one that was rejected, God showed up to her. The one who was a slave girl out of Egypt, who was misused, who, who was not even, who was just treated wrong, God came to her. God came to her. And he says, where are you going? And where are you coming from? And it says that Hagar was in the place of the wilderness. And I love this because wilderness actually means midbar. It means to speak. And so oftentimes, when we've been hurt, we isolate ourselves. And we find ourselves in the place of the wilderness. But what I love about this, it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. That there is a word of the Lord, that when you get by yourself, God shows up. The word says that a broken and a contrite spirit, he will not deny. God says that he draws near to the brokenhearted. So I want you to know today that if you are in a wilderness season, if you feel alone, if you feel like no one understands your story, God understands. And he's coming right now to speak to that issue. I see it. Oh, I see the word like a two-edged sword right in this moment. And it's piercing your heart because he wants you to know that he's here to speak to you. And although you feel alone, you're not alone. Woo! Woo! I feel it in the spirit. And God brought revelation. And it says that, that, God, that God began, the angel of the Lord began to speak to Hagar about her situation. One, he says, you're pregnant. 
One, he says, you're pregnant. Now let's trans that, uh, translate that over into the spiritual. I believe that when God can take the abuse of your past and cause there to be something birthed in your life that will bless you. I believe that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord. So don't let the enemy use your hurt for his purposes. I believe we can use everything in our past, every rejection, every hurt, every abuse for the kingdom of God. And we're going to look at someone in the Bible who actually did that. And it said that God began to tell Hagar that your son is going to come forth. And not only that, I'm going to bless him. I'm going to bless him, and he's going to multiply. And it says he's going to have some issues, but I believe God is going to heal Ishmael too. I believe there could be a second uh, message called the Ishmael story. Because you can't tell me God don't love everybody. You can't tell me the love of God extends to every living person. No one is outside the reach of God. That needs to be our theology. That needs to be our message. It don't matter what they look like. It don't matter where they come from. It don't matter what they smell like. God loves them. It don't matter what sexual orientation they are. God loves them. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. But more so, let's be about it. Yay. God loves them. God has a purpose for everyone that is born. Do you believe the gospel or do you not? Yay. Rabbi. Oh, I feel the spirit of the living God up in this place. And it says that Hagar began to hear and understand something that she never heard before. Talking about a revelation, talking about being awakened to something. Someone who was a slave girl from Egypt with probably other gods had a revelation now of the God of Abram. And this is what it says, Hagar. It says you, Hagar began to declare out of her mouth in verse 13. It says, Hagar used another name to refer to the Lord. Who knows what she called him before? Oh, that's the God of Abram. Oh, that's that other God. Oh, we don't know. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, she was in this foreign place. But it says that now she developed her own understanding and her own revelation. And it says she she used another name for the Lord who had spoken to her. And she said, you are the God who sees me. You are the, a slave girl that had not been seen, someone that had been abused, someone that had been treated like property, now understands that God sees me. Woo! God knows my name. Oh, God identifies with my weakness. He identifies with my brokenness. And it said that she named that well the well of the living one who sees me. She named the place of encounter. She said, God not only sees me, but at this place, at the well, he is the living one that sees me. 
And I wish I can go on to say that that's how Hagar's uh, uh, strife ended, but it doesn't because the Lord told her to go back in, go back under. Interesting, that's a whole nother sermon. Go back in, go back under and serve. And so she went in and it says that she eventually had her son and when he was about the age of 13 and we know that Abraham, Abraham and Sarai, they got saved. You know, God redeemed them. They, you know, they got it together. But they still had issues because they, 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 were, they were human. And so when they had Isaac, that they, you know, uh, Sarah, Sarah now again, you know, rose up in her flesh and she began to say, well, let's get this person away. And God actually said, yeah, go ahead, Abram, let, 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 let Hagar go, let her go. Just let her go and I'm gonna take care of uh, Ishmael because Abraham had a heart for Ishmael. But I believe, let's look at it this way. I believe God said, let, let Hagar go because I'm gonna take care of her now. I, like, I got her. I got her. And it says that she found herself in the wilderness again, but this time she was at the point of breaking. She was at the point of, like, death because she didn't know what was going to happen. Her son was probably was hot. You know what I'm saying? They had nowhere to go. They had no provision. It said that they set her son. She set her son under a tree, and she didn't even want to watch him die. He was at the place of death. We don't know how long they had been out there, right? And it said that, uh, that he began to cry. And once again, God showed up validating that he saw her, validating that I'm fighting for you. And he said, I want you to know something, that I am with you, that I'm going to take care of you, and I'm going to bless you. And then it says, once again, Hagar opened her eyes, and she saw a well. Once again, a second time. And she began to draw water. And I began to say, God, what is it about this well? What is it? First, you brought her to a well, right, when she ran. She found herself at a well, and you, and you revealed to her that she was seen. And then, secondly, when she was at the place of her lowest, of death, of, of completely cut off, that she opened her eyes, and she saw a well. And God brought me to uh, uh, John and I believe God began to show me, even in the New Testament, why the well was important. Why he didn't bring her to, a, to anything else but a well. Because the Bible says that there was a man named Jesus. Mm. And it says that he was traveling through Judea. And it says that he told his disciples, I must needs go, that I have to go, that you got to take me, that I'm going to go to Samaria because there is a woman. He was traveling and he went into Samaria and it says that there was a woman at a well, a woman that probably had been rejected and misused by men all of her life. A woman who probably was at the lowest of the power chain in that time. A woman who was isolated. A woman who had an issue with authority. But Jesus wanted us to know that he saw her. He saw her. He saw her. He saw her in her hurt. He saw her in her shame. He saw her in her disgrace. And he said, I got to go to this well. But not only that, he told this woman, I love it. John 10, 4, 10. They were talking about it. Actually, I'll read it because it's so good. He said, he left Judea and departed again. And I can have the worship team come up to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sakkar, near the plot of ground 
that Jacob gave his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus on the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, give me drink. Now, I'm not going to read the whole story, but we know on to go that they got into this conversation. And Jesus would begin to inquire about who, who she was and wanted her to know that he knew who she was. And he began to read her mail, tell her about her hurt, and say, I see you. I see that there's some issues there that I'm coming to heal in this moment. And she began to say, well, how do you know this? How do you know this about me? How do you see this? And he said this. He said, Jesus answered her and said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you give me drink you would have asked him and you he would have given you living water Jesus wanted to know that he not only sat on the well but he was the well that there was a picture of a well sitting on the well that that it wasn't about the natural refreshing and even in the story of Hagar that, that the well kept appearing because if it was a foreshadow that in order for us to move into the place of healing we got to run to the living water we got to run to the well that does not run dry and that's what it says in John 10 it says Jesus answered and said to her whoever drinks of this water will thirst again talking about the natural well but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I should give him will become in them a fountain of water springing up to everlasting life. I believe today God wants to spring up a fountain of water and remove every blockage in your life. See, what's interesting is Jesus is the well, but you're also a well because you're made in his image. And what happens is there's so many things that can clog the flow of God in your life. There's things, there's rocks, there's barriers, there's blockages that clog up your well. But God is saying, let every well spring up in this place. Let the living water that comes from him begins to flow in your life. And I'm telling you, there is a, 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 a healing stream that's running through this church right now. And God wants to deal with it. God wants to deal with the Hagars. God wants to deal with those who have been neglected and abused and mistreated and misused and have a mistrust of authority. God wants to deal with it, and he wants to heal you so that you can move forward. And the story about the woman at the well in John, it says that once she received her healing, that she went out and saved her whole city. She went out and saved her whole city, and she began to tell people, let me bring you to the one who healed me. Ooh, see, some of us don't even realize why we can't even push into the next place. Like, we, we want to do it, but we don't understand that there's something deep that only the word can divide in our hearts and our soul. And that's bring you to the place of healing. So with every head bowed right now, I believe that God wants to deal with the Hagars. Men and women, you've been, you have a mistrust of authority. You've been used, you've been hurt. God wants to heal you. So if you identify with any part of that, would you just lift your hands real quick? Just lift your hands real quick. I see those hands. Now, would you just stand up right now? Don't think about it. Just stand up in this place. If you lifted your hands, stand up right now because God wants to heal you. Woo! And I'll tell you this. I stand in the authority that God has given me, and I repent for the church. 
I repent for religion that has caused you to feel isolated and alone. That is not the heart of God. God is saying he's calling you forward in this hour. 